Section 39 of A Failure of Initiative. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Failure of Initiative, Final Report of the Select Bipartisan Committee to Investigate the Preparation for and Response to Hurricane Katrina by the United States House of Representatives. Law Enforcement, Part 4. Obtaining peace officer status presented problems for some federal law enforcement entities responding to the hurricane. The process for federal law enforcement being deputized or sworn in as a peace officer under state law in Louisiana and Mississippi proved cumbersome for some entities. The general concern was that in the process of assisting state or local law enforcement or victims of the hurricane, federal law enforcement officers might find it necessary to make arrests outside of their federal jurisdiction. Due to the lack of an across-the-board policy on how to deal with federal law enforcement during a state of emergency, some federal law enforcement entities were required to seek advice from their individual Office of the General Counsel on how to proceed. The process was more difficult in Louisiana, where it became necessary to fly in representatives from the Louisiana Office of the Attorney General to the affected area to swear in the law enforcement officers or agents in person. Still other federal law enforcement agents were deputized by the Louisiana State Police. Under Louisiana law, FBI agents have qualified immunity that protects them when responding to felonies committed in their presence or when assisting state officers. However, FBI agents did not specifically have peace officer status when responding to Hurricane Katrina in Louisiana. Governor Blanco granted the Louisiana Office of Attorney General authority to deputize FBI agents, and all FBI agents deployed to Louisiana were deputized by a representative of the office. FBI agents deployed to Mississippi did not receive peace officer status until September 9, when Governor Barber wrote a letter to all state and federal law enforcement officers. The letter granted federal law enforcement officers working in cooperation with local law enforcement, quote, the authority to bear arms, make arrests, and to make searches and seizures, in addition to any other power, duty, right, and privilege, as afforded forces of the state of Mississippi, end quote. Prior to ATF agents being deployed to the affected area, DOJ examined the capabilities of ATF agents in assisting state and locals with law enforcement functions. ATF agents are not afforded automatic peace officer status in the states of Louisiana and Mississippi. As ATF agents conducted their core statutorily required mission, DOJ determined ATF agents did not need to receive peace officer status. Pursuant to federal statute, USMS, quote, may exercise the same powers which a sheriff of the state may exercise, end quote. USMS received further state law enforcement powers when the director of USMS received an order from U.S. Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez requesting the director to, quote, take all necessary and appropriate steps within available resources to provide the assistance, end quote, to Mississippi. The Louisiana Attorney General's Office coordinated the peace officer status for ICE agents deployed to Louisiana. 
ICE agents were required to fill out paperwork and were sworn in by the Louisiana State Police every time a new rotation of ICE agents arrived in Kenner, Louisiana. ICE agents were sworn in as peace officers in Mississippi by the Hancock Sheriff's Department. Border Patrol agents were deputized by the state of Louisiana with law enforcement status on September 2. Agents were not sworn in as peace officers in Mississippi. On September 3, CBP's Office of Chief Counsel determined that CBP officers and Border Patrol agents could make arrests for state crimes in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, and Texas if the officer or agent was acting in his or her official capacity. On September 3, Louisiana began to deputize FAMS personnel as Louisiana State Police officers, giving them full authority to enforce local and state laws. Emergency Support Function Number 13, ESF 13, of the National Response Plan. DOJ, along with the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, is responsible for the Emergency Support Function Number 13, ESF 13, of the National Response Plan. ESF 13 covers public safety and security and tasks DOJ and DHS with integrating federal non-investigative, non-criminal law enforcement public safety and security capabilities and resources to, quote, support the full range of incident management activities with potential or actual incidents of national significance, end quote. The Office of the Deputy Attorney General and the Office of Legal Counsel assist in coordinating DOJ's ESF-13 responsibilities. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives is responsible for DOJ's day-to-day -day actions with respect to ESF-13. After the hurricane, ESF-13 requests were processed through the Law Enforcement Coordination Center, LECC, in Baton Rouge, because the LECC had working knowledge of the available regional resources. The LECC determined whether the request could be met under ESF-13. The LECC, 1. Confirmed the requester could not perform the mission. 2. Determined whether the request was valid for ESF-13. 3. Determined whether there were available federal law enforcement resources. And 4. Approved or declined the request. The LECC then forwarded the approved request to Washington, D.C. Each requested agency coordinated with FEMA to establish funding. Federal law enforcement coordination required communication between the U.S. Department of Justice, U.S. Department of Homeland Security, and the governors of the affected states. The Attorney General of the United States may, quote, appoint officials to detect and prosecute crimes against the United States, end quote. The Attorney General may also approve the request of a state governor for federal law enforcement assistance if the Attorney General concludes that such, quote, assistance is necessary to provide an adequate response to a law enforcement emergency, end quote. DOJ also has the authority under the Stafford Act to provide for non-operational assistance. In the case of a major disaster or an emergency, the President may direct the Department to, quote, utilize its authorities and resources granted to it under federal law, including personnel, equipment, supplies, facilities, and managerial, technical, and advisory services, 
in support of state and local efforts. End quote. On Friday, September 2, Gonzalez sent a memorandum to the heads of DOJ's law enforcement agencies asking each agency to continue coordinating with state and local law enforcement. The Attorney General specifically requested that 1. The Federal Bureau of Investigation continue to deploy agents and tactical assets. 2. The Drug Enforcement Administration prepare to deploy its mobile enforcement teams. 3. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives establish a violent crime impact team in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And 4. The United States Marshals Service conduct prisoner transport operations and provide court security. On September 3, Gonzalez received a letter from Mississippi Governor Barber requesting the, quote, deployment of deputy U.S. Marshals to the state of Mississippi in support of law enforcement requirements created by the effects of Hurricane Katrina, end quote. The same day, Gonzalez responded in writing to Barber that his request was approved, and an order authorizing the director of the U.S. Marshals Service to, quote, take all necessary and appropriate steps within available resources to provide the assistance so requested by Governor Barber, end quote, was issued. The same day, Gonzalez received a letter from Blanco requesting the deployment of the USMS and or other Department of Justice personnel to the area affected by Hurricane Katrina. On September 4, Gonzalez responded in writing to Blanco that her request was approved, and an order authorizing the Deputy Attorney General to, quote, take all necessary and appropriate steps within available resources to provide the assistance so requested by Governor Blanco, end quote, was issued. On September 6, Gonzalez and DHS Secretary Michael Chertoff received a letter from Blanco requesting, quote, the deployment of Immigration and Customs Enforcement Officers, Customs and Border Protection Personnel, and or other Department of Homeland Security Personnel, in support of the law enforcement challenges created by the effects of Hurricane Katrina, end quote. Gonzalez responded in writing to Governor Blanco on September 7, saying that after consulting with the DHS, he approved Blanco's request and deployed the appropriate law enforcement personnel. Chertoff also responded to Blanco on September 7th, stating that DHS law enforcement would, quote, continue to provide assistance, end quote, with state and local authorities in Louisiana. The Law Enforcement Coordination Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, coordinated the efforts of all federal law enforcement in the greater New Orleans area and assisted the New Orleans Police Department in reorganization. During the first week following the hurricane, local, state, and federal law enforcement working in New Orleans began daily 9 a.m. meetings at the Harrah's Casino in downtown New Orleans. These meetings enabled the law enforcement entities to meet face-to-face -face and coordinate critical missions. The New Orleans Police Department, NOPD, district captain for each city district, attended the meetings, along with Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosive, the Drug Enforcement Agency, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, and the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Michael J. Vanacor, Director of International Affairs, ICE, and Michael Wolf, Special Agent in Charge for the FBI's Critical Incident Response Group, 
were detailed by their respective agencies to Baton Rouge to coordinate the federal law enforcement response to Hurricane Katrina in Louisiana. These two men were designated as co-senior federal law enforcement officers, SFLEO, and stood up the Law Enforcement Coordination Center, LECC, at LSP headquarters in Baton Rouge. Vanacor arrived at the Louisiana State Police, LSP, headquarters in Baton Rouge on Sunday, September 4. At the time, Vanacor understood his role was to work with the ICE New Orleans agent in charge, Michael Holt, and report to ICE headquarters in Washington, D.C., on ICE's mission in the area affected by the hurricane. Late that evening, Vanacor was informed of the decision to designate him SFLEO. He was instructed he would share SFLEO responsibilities with Wolf. Wolf arrived at Baton Rouge on Monday, September 5. The same day, Vanacor reviewed an unsigned letter designating him and Wolf as SFLEO. Vanacor and Wolf had their first meeting late on September 5. On September 6, it was clear to Vanacor and Wolf they needed an operations center to coordinate federal law enforcement efforts in New Orleans. The center was then designated the LECC. The LECC did not have command and control over the federal law enforcement missions. Rather, it served as the point of contact for all federal law enforcement in the greater New Orleans area. The missions of the LECC were to coordinate efforts to re-establish the NOPD and efforts of all law enforcement agencies deployed resources to the New Orleans area. According to Vanacor, the main mission of the LECC was to ensure officer safety. On September 6, officials from the LECC, including Vanacor, met with the mayor of New Orleans, the city of New Orleans Homeland Security Director, and counsel for the mayor. Officials also met with the NOPD precinct captains. Vanacor reported the mayor's office and NOPD were very helpful and worked well with the LECC. The LECC had little communication with the Louisiana governor's office, but Vanacor and Wolfe both said interaction with the governor's office was not necessary to achieve LECC's goals. Wolfe brought additional FBI agents with him to Baton Rouge, as well as a Blue Whale Command, the FBI's mobile command station, specially equipped with office and communication equipment. Vanacor stated the mobile command center was invaluable to standing up the LECC. By September 7, the LECC was gathering and centralizing information to ensure there were not duplicate law enforcement missions. The LECC divided the federal law enforcement entities by New Orleans police districts. Each federal law enforcement agency was responsible for coordinating with the precinct captain of the district. The LECC also began daily 8 a.m. meetings with representatives from state and federal law enforcement. ICE, FBI, DEA, ATF, USMS, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, including the Border Patrol, the National Guard, the U.S. Attorney's Office from New Orleans and Baton Rouge, the Office of the Louisiana Attorney General, LSP, NOPD, and the New Orleans Fire Department, were all represented at the meetings. The City of New Orleans Homeland Security Director also attended the daily meetings. In addition, 
the u s secret service the sheriff's association and the federal air marshals participated on a limited basis cbp and fbi provided helicopters to transport attendees to and from new orleans and the lecc for the meetings the daily meetings commenced with wolf reporting the number of arrests and incidents from the prior day there was then a roll call of all attendees to report their force numbers vanacore summarized the daily events on his blackberry and communicated to john clark at ice headquarters in washington d c wolf communicated with fbi headquarters as the lecc worked from baton rouge it became apparent to vanacore and wolf that in order to achieve its goals the lecc needed to be located in new orleans on september nine the lecc and nopd moved into the royal senesta hotel on bourbon street the lecc and nopd each had a conference room and an additional room was used to receive incoming nine eleven calls the lecc worked with nopd to assist in standing up the police department there were eight nopd district offices in new orleans four were rendered useless due to insufficient power and four were flooded lecc acquired air conditioning compressors and generators for the district offices that needed power temporary office spaces were procured to replace the flooded offices the evidence and property rooms for the nopd were under water and contained mold the lecc assisted nopd with procuring contractors to recover and process the evidence and property and clean nopd headquarters as a result of stolen uniforms destroyed homes and displaced new orleans police officers nopd was patrolling the city without proper uniforms the lecc was able to procure temporary battle dress uniforms off the federal supply schedule maintained by the general services administrations gsa for acquisitions by federal agencies by using gsa for the uniforms the nopd did not have to utilize its local procurement process which would have required three separate bids before purchasing new uniforms in addition the lecc located photographers to create credentials for lecc and nopd guards and officials at the royal senesta lecc provided lights and generators to assist fifteen police checkpoints supplies were provided for crime scene processing including gloves and masks to protect police from mold both vanacore and wolf reported the lecc had a positive working relationship with nopd and that the department was receptive to lecc's assistance conclusion first the levees were breached and then law and order as katrina left people scrambling for food for water for supplies for survival lawlessness and violence both real and imagined spread creating yet another problem for authorities who were burdened enough already how did this happen for starters the lack of basic necessities for residents who did not evacuate or went back to their homes too quickly contributed as we saw in pearl river county once there were sufficient amounts of food ice and water order was restored another problem was the uncertainty about evacuations confusion reigned especially in places like the superdome and convention center 
where conditions were terrible, nerves frayed, people desperate. Compounding these difficulties was the collapse or absence of law enforcement. Police, in some cases, were unable to function or were diverting their attention to search and rescue operations. The New Orleans Police Department had known of the threat that could arise from flooding, yet failed to properly protect its resources or come close to continuity of operations. There was also a dereliction of duty by some New Orleans officers when, of course, their presence was needed most. The federal, state, and local governments also lost another battle, this one with the media. Rumors spread as fast as the fear. Some turned out to be true, but many did not, resulting in exaggerated reports that scared away truck and bus drivers who could have furnished people with much-needed supplies. Authorities needed to be on top of this situation, not a victim of it. Fortunately, the National Guard in all three affected states were able to help out overburdened local authorities. About twenty other states added support, an effort that prevented a dire situation from being much worse. DOD active duty forces also came through, their mere presence serving to reduce tensions. Federal law enforcement agencies played an important role as well, with additional forces and supplies. For an exhaustive account of all federal law enforcement actions in response to Hurricane Katrina, from August 23 to September 12, 2005, please see Appendix 5. End of Section 39